0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning, to those of you online and whatnot. And uh, welcome. Uh, here we are this morning. We're going to be finishing our series on In Christ Realities this morning. And uh, excited about that. Excited about our new teaching coming up next week. I'll tell you a little bit more about that as we get going this morning. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, everything is back on schedule with everything. We have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, a Better Way to Pray. We do have our website up and going again in Pasadena at 7.30 uh, on Saturday night. So we are actually uh, have a scheduled conflict next week, so we're not going to have it next Saturday, but we'll resume again uh, in two weeks. And so we'll, we'll remind you. It'll be reflected on our website a little bit later today, uh, so it's not on there now, but it will be. So it uh, won't be the, going on this Saturday in Pasadena, but we'll pick up the week after. My um, Bible classes are still free online. Uh, if uh, so, we just encourage you to to uh, to um, enjoy those and, and participate and and get in the Word of God It's just good teaching, get established in who you are in Christ, and and, uh, and so just it's just powerful teaching it's free, and so uh, um, and you can take it at your own pace. But at the same point in time, uh, if you're hungry for the Word of God, if you're hungry to grow. And grace and your knowledge of Jesus Christ your Lord and we encourage you just to uh, take advantage of those classes and so anyway uh, one other announcement I just want to make mention of as we get closer to it I'll make more mention of it but uh February 29th, Uh it's leap year this year but February 29th is a, is a Sunday Saturday excuse me and we're going to be showing the movie God with us it's uh, the first production the Bible College put on and and so we're going to be showing that here we want to be able to show it before the, the time begins to change and it's, uh, it's lighter in the evenings and so we want to show it while it's still uh, uh, semi-dark in the evenings and so we want to show that. So God with us will be uh, February 29th at 7pm here and we'll show it on the screen and uh, we'll have some good snacks to go with that and whatnot. So, So go ahead if you're local go ahead and mark your calendars for that and uh, uh, anyway so without further ado let's go ahead and get into the word of God this morning. I believe this is actually lesson 10, part 10. I didn't plan on this going that long. But we're going to conclude our teaching on the Christ realities today. And uh, starting next week, uh, we'll get into my favorite teaching is uh, being established in His righteousness. And so I'm very excited about that. I'm also teaching it again for our Bible classes because I want the recording to be on our Bible classes as well. Uh, so, um, uh, so, I'm teaching for dual purposes, so even if you're watching it and you're a part of my Bible classes, uh, 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 it will be down archived there as well, so you can just go ahead and complete your classes accordingly by just watching the teachings. So, anyway, hope I'm not confusing anybody by all that info, but uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get the Word of God this morning, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're gonna pick it up where we were last week. First Corinthians chapter one, we'll start at verse twenty-six. So first Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-six will begin this morning. And Paul says, For well, you see your calling, brethren that no flesh should glory in his presence. We're going to pick it up in verse 30 in just a moment, but I want to pause there. Uh, that no flesh should glory in his presence. <coughs> you know, uh, why has God chosen the weak things and the, the despised things of the world to, uh, because I believe the answer is right here in verse 29, and it echoes in verse 31, that as it is written, He who glories I have glory in the Lord. No flesh. God doesn't want us to glory in the flesh. God doesn't want us to glory in our performance. What well, we do, we are not our saviors. We if we can if we can glory in ourselves, then we don't need a savior. We need to glory in who Christ is. We need to glory in who we are in Christ. We need to glory in what God has what Jesus has done for us in in Christ Jesus. What God has done for us in Christ Jesus. We need the glory in Christ. Not glory in ourselves. Okay? Is that making sense? I want to read verse 30. We're going to spend some more time on this today. But of Him, of God, you are in Christ Jesus. (coughs) It's not of you. It's of Him. Of Him. Of God. You are, not could be, but not should be, but are in Christ Jesus who became for us Wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We're going to spend our majority of our time this, this morning as we conclude this series as we uh, expound on these four categories or these four topics of what, uh, who Christ has become for us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We're going to be looking at those four things uh, this morning. But reading verse 31, again, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Trouble me real quick. I just want to spend one more thing on this idea of glory in Christ. But in Romans chapter 3, and we're going to spend more time in Romans chapter 3 in our next series, but I want to just point something out here in verse 27. And where is boasting then? It is excluded. We're not boasting in ourselves. We're boasting in Christ, amen? We're glorying in Him. But where is boasting? It's been excluded by what law? Of, of works? No. But by the law of faith. I just want, I don't want to get into a, a big rabbit trail with this, but the law of faith has excluded boasting. You know, all the accomplishments of Jesus, that's, it's It's by what Jesus has accomplished for us that we are saved. It's not by our accomplishments. We can't boast in what we've done. Even on our best day, we will make a mess of things. Okay? We can't glory in our flesh. We can't glory in what we've done. We glory in Jesus. And we put our faith in Jesus. And by by the law of faith... Boasting is excluded. The only way we, can, we have received peace with God is by Jesus. The only way that we receive wisdom. The only way that we receive righteousness. The only way that we receive sanctification. The only way that we receive redemption is by Jesus. And as we put our faith in what, <coughs> who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, that faith will become that that grace, that wisdom, that righteousness, that sanctification, that redemption will become evident in our lives. But it's not we're not boasting ourselves. We're not boasting our accomplishments. We're boasting in what He has accomplished for us. That making sense? And it, it's all it's called a lot of faith. We're putting faith in what Jesus did for us. We're not putting faith in what we've done for ourselves. We're putting faith in what Jesus has done. We're not even putting our faith in our faith. We're putting our faith in Jesus and what He's done. But it's a law of faith. Faith is governed by a law. You know, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm not talking about the Levitical law. But faith is a law. And in the same way that gravity is a natural law, in the same way that we have the law of electricity and other natural and even spiritual laws, well, faith is governed by a law. For instance... Electricity has always been here since creation. But it took man several hundred thousand years to discover electricity and how it works. But once man discovered it and was able to to understand how to use it, man began to use electricity that was always here. We have, if we're in Christ, we have faith. And it's governed by law. Just like gravity, just like justicity, just like other natural laws. And in other words, our faith in the cross, our faith in Jesus, will work every single time. The same way the law of gravity, the law of electricity, and other natural laws work every single time. God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. And when we learn how to put faith in what Jesus has done, when we put faith in what Jesus has accomplished for us, when we we glory in Him and not glory in ourselves, when we're trusting, relying, resting on who He is and who we are in Christ, the communication of our faith will become effectual as we acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. Philemon 1.6 The communication of our faith will become effectual as we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. It's a law. It's a law of faith. And that law is activated when it's used properly. That is activated when it's used properly. Does that make sense? Uh, gravity is used when, it, when you cooperate with it. it you know, and so it, there's a law. In other words, it will work every single time. You can trust in the cross, you can trust in Jesus for your healing. It will work every single time. You can trust in your provision. You can trust in everything God has provided for us in Christ Jesus when you put your faith in it. It will work every single time. If it's not working, then there's a problem with our faith. Give us a law. If you, the electricity is not working, it's not <coughs> because of your fingers. It's not because of you. It's because something is disconnected. Something's not aligned right for the electricity to work. Perhaps you didn't pay your bill and the, the, the company turned off the connection of electricity to flow through to your home. But electricity works every single time if it's used properly, if it's connected properly. Gravity works every single time if, 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 if you cooperate with the law. If another law is not overriding it like uh, thermodynamics or lift and thrust, where an airplane, if once an airplane stops operating the law of lift and thrust, gravity will take over. Okay? The law works every single time. So, uh, you know, there are other laws that are at work in the world, but our faith can exceed some of those, just like the law of myth and thrusts. Uh, there is a law of sin and death, but the law of faith can conquer all our, that. Our, our, the law of putting our trust in the, what Jesus has done can conquer all that. And I'm making sense this morning. I'm not trying to make a whole teaching on the law of faith. That's, that's another subject we can talk about later in the future. But... Boasting has been excluded because it's not about us and our accomplishments. It's about what Jesus has done. And when we trust and put our faith in what Jesus has done and who we are in him, acknowledging every good thing that sends us in Christ Jesus, our faith will be effectual. Our faith will work and it will work every single time. That makes sense? It's a law. Okay? So we ought to boast in who Christ is and who we are in Him. Go through a couple more verses real quick. Galatians 2.20 <coughs> Paul says it this way. Now I want to read verse 16 first. And I want to toggle real quick to the King James. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We'll spend more time on this in our next series as we go forward. But we'll jump down to verse 20 it says, "I." Am, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We're talking about in Christ's reality. We're in Christ and Christ is in us. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We live our life by our faith in Jesus and what He who He is and what He's done for us. That will work every single Our life, everything we do, even the main thing, things the, the things that we do, everything. The normal things that we do from brushing our teeth to, to getting up in the morning to driving our car to going to work and the house chores and everything else we do in life. Should our life that we live should be based on the faith of the Son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. There's no boasting. There's no, you can't do anything uh, in life successfully without Jesus Christ. The jobs that you have, the home that you have, the car that you have, the provisions you have, the life that you have, the, the breath that is in your lungs, your body functioning, everything that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, that God upholds everything by the power of his word. Where does faith come from? His word. And so we need to live by, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we need to put our faith in Jesus. We've been crucified in Christ. We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. We're not boasting of what we have accomplished. We are putting our faith in who we are in Jesus and we are living by faith. We shouldn't be, we should be different than the world. We're not living naturally. We're not living carnally naturally. We are living spiritually. We are living supernaturally. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are the children of God. And we live by faith. We're born of faith. We put our faith in his grace and we became saved. That's how we became born again. And that's the same way that we live. Go with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6. I'm going to stay in the King James for this as well. As ye therefore have received, sorry, let me say it again. As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. How did you receive Christ Jesus? Did you receive Christ Jesus based on your accomplishments, or did you receive Christ Jesus because you heard the gospel, you believed the gospel, and you received it? You heard the message of the cross, you believed the message of the cross, and by faith you received it. He put faith in His grace by faith. We are saved. By grace we are saved through faith. Say it properly. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. We put faith in his grace. His grace is always there. Just like justice. Just like faith. His grace has been there since the cross. And before the foundation of the world, Christ was slain for us. Grace has always been there. Since Jesus. But we have to put our faith in the cross for the work. Your healing is there. Your provision is there. Your wisdom is there. Your righteousness is there. Your sanctification is there. Your redemption is there. But you have to put faith in Him, not what you do. That makes sense. But, <coughs> excuse me this morning, as you therefore have therefore received Christ Jesus Lord, so walk in Him, abide in Him, walk in Him. How do you walk in Him? By being rooted and built up in Him and established in what? <coughs> excuse me, the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. We are walking in him the same way that we receive Christ by being established in the faith. We started this whole journey. We started this whole new birth. We started this whole Christian, <coughs> Christian life by putting faith in his grace. And we walk in him By being rooted and built and established in the same faith in His grace that we started. The the Christian life is lived the same way that we started. In the same way we received Christ is the same way that we walk in Him by faith. This whole thing is by faith. It's not by your accomplishments. It's not that you're born again and now it's all on your own. No. You you are crucified with Christ. You are buried with Him. And the life that you live now, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. He goes on to say, beware, lest any man spoil you. I want to talk, I want to talk real quick here to the New King James. So I like how it reads a little better here in verse 8. Bear with me here. Beware, lest anyone cheat you or spoil you. Through philosophy, and empty deceit according to the traditions of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. We're not putting our faith in in traditions of man, or according to the principles of the world. We are putting our faith in the principles of Christ. Our whole life needs, we're talking about in Christ's realities, and our whole life, our whole boasting, our whole focus is not on what we've done or in the traditions of the man where our focus is on who we are in Christ. It goes on to say in verse 10, you are complete in him who is the head over all principalities and powers. There's so much here, I'm not going to reteach some of this again, but we are complete in him. Don't let anyone cheat you. Don't let anyone just, it says beware. There are people who are out here to teach you to say that. Jesus said this way in Mark, that by the traditions of men, we make the word of God of no effect. I'm not living by philosophy. I'm not living by traditions. I am living by the word of God. Is that making sense? Our whole life needs to be built on a diet and, and a relationship with Jesus and his word. We're living by the principles of Christ and we are not living by the principles of of this world. Okay? Understanding who I am will affect how I walk in this world, how I live in this world, from every issue of life, from marriage to parenting to uh, ministry to whatever vocation you are in your job, and, uh, and every aspect of life, finances, health, is lived by the principles of Christ and not by the principles of the world. Amen. then we well, got to put our faith in that. You've got to trust who we are in Him. Okay, let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse 30. I'm taking the long route back. But of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We're going, to, we're going to conclude this series as we uh, highlight these four areas uh, of wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. But uh, as I go into just m- let me make this point. He is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. In other words, the Lord doesn't make our flesh wise. He doesn't make our flesh righteous. He doesn't make our flesh sanctified. He doesn't make our flesh redeemed. Instead, He becomes our wisdom. He becomes our righteousness. He becomes our sanctification. He becomes our redemption. Are you seeing the difference? He's not repairing our flesh. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Big difference. We are born again. We are redeemed. He has become For us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. He didn't repair the flesh. He's not making the flesh. So we're not boasting in the flesh. He has become our wisdom. He has become our sanctification, our righteousness, and our redemption. I got this a little out of order, but this point is still there. Am I making sense this morning? That's important. (coughs) We're not repairing the flesh. God is not repairing the flesh. God Crucify the flesh. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am crucified with Christ. I am no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Am I making sense this morning? The Christian life is not just difficult to live. The Christian life is impossible to live without Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? The Christian life is not just difficult to live. The Christian life is impossible to live without Christ. We need to know our identity. We need to know who we are. And it's only when we cease to operate in our carnal selves, in our natural selves, and let Jesus live in us and through us, that we will see victory in every area of our lives. that making sense? Okay? So Christ has, been, has made unto us wisdom. Let's deal with wisdom here. This is not going to be an exhaustive study on these four categories, but I do want to bring light to Go so with me real quick to Proverbs chapter 4. We're talking about wisdom. Proverbs 4. Earlier in, the, in 2019, we, and I did a series here on wisdom. You can find that in our archives. We also have a couple classes in our, our Phase 2 classes and our Bible classes on wisdom. But Paul, Solomon says this wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in your getting, get understanding. Church, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom needs to be our focus, it's a it's principal thing. Okay? We're not going to turn to it, but in 1 Kings chapter 3, the verse 15 verses of, <coughs> excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 3, you'll, you'll, you'll see the story of Solomon, where God comes to Solomon and asks him what he wants, and Solomon asks for wisdom among other things. A short version of that, I just want to put this in simple terms, Solomon asked for wisdom to do what God wants had called him and anointed him to do. Solomon asked for wisdom to do what God had called him and had anointed him to do. He, got, Solomon asked for wisdom so that he could fulfill the place that God had for him in his life. We've talked in weeks past that we have a calling. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. Each of us, God has called us to do something. He has anointed us to do something. Read Isaiah chapter 61. God has anointed us with the Spirit of God to do something in this earth. We have been redeemed by His blood, Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. We have been redeemed by His blood to be kings and priests to rule the earth. God has a job for us to do. If if your world vision is only about your foreign, your 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 life, your vocation, your family, and praise God for those. But if that, as far as your world can extend, I'm not here to offend you. That's not my purpose. But if, if that's all you can see, then to me, uh, it's it, one is selfish. If that's all you can see, you're, God has a purpose for you to be a blessing, to bless all the families of the earth. God has a purpose for you. Yes. Yes, God wants to use you to bless your family. Yes, God wants to use you in the place that he's positioned you in your workplace to be a blessing, to be an asset to there. And your purpose includes that, even if that's not your final destiny as far as a job that you may have right now. But God has a purpose for you that extends beyond just you and your circle. That is a starting place. That's somewhere God wants to use you. But God wants to give you wisdom to accomplish what He has called you and anointed you to do in Christ Jesus. That makes sense. We all have different purposes in our, as a body of Christ. My fingers and my hands have a different purpose in my head, my eyes and my nose. But I need each one of them. I can't do, go. I can have, I can live but I will not have a quality of life without my hands. I can live, I can't live without my hands. But I can live without my eyes or my ears working. But God has designed the whole body to work and to function in unity. And God has a purpose for you. We're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to be Mothers and fathers and, and different and things that God has called us to do in different capacities. But God has called each of us to do what God has called us to do. And I making make, make it sense. I hope I'm not saying something wrong to someone. That's not my heart. But God wants to give you wisdom to do what God has called you and anointed you to do. In this life. On this side of heaven. On this side of eternity. In that sense. Eternal life is a relationship with God. I understand that. But while we're here on this earth, God has a purpose for you. And he wants to give you wisdom. And he has given you wisdom in Christ. Because Christ has become to you wisdom. Am I making sense? Wisdom is the principal thing. And with all we're getting, we need to get understanding. So where do we get this wisdom? In Christ. Where do we get this wisdom? We get it in Christ. Go with me real quick to First uh, Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll start with verse 21. A, Paul writes and says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to, to save those who, who believe. That sounds kind of like what we were just reading a little bit a while ago. Because it's in the same context. But for Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach to Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. Verse 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is your wisdom. It's in the same context that we're reading already here in verse 30 that Christ has become unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. So, where do we find this wisdom? We find it in Christ. Wisdom is the principal thing. So, in our getting, let's get it. So, what do we need to get? We need to get Christ. And if you're born again, you already have Christ. But my heart is that you would be open to the revelation that in Christ, among other things, is wisdom. If you need wisdom in any area of your life, your finances, your health, and decisions you need to make, and whatever vocation, as fathers and mothers, as parents, as, as husbands and wives and workers, and, and, and many vocations, in Christ is wisdom. You have wisdom to do what God has called you to do, what God has positioned you to do, what God has anointed you to do, you have wisdom in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 In whom he's talking about Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. Christ has become unto you wisdom. Am I making sense this morning? There's treasures in Christ. There's treasures of wisdom. There's treasures of knowledge. And it's hidden in Christ. Going to be back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Scripture chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of Christ of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you are born again, church, you have the mind of Christ. Am I making sense? If you are born again, you have the mind of Christ. Christ has all wisdom. We are in him, and in him we have all wisdom. Am I making sense this morning? I want to say that again. Christ has all wisdom. We are in Christ, and in him we have all wisdom. Christ has become unto us wisdom. So, because of we are in Christ... We know what to do, we know when to do it, and we know how to do it. We have the mind of Christ. There's a treasure of all wisdom and all knowledge in Christ. We need to seek Him. We need to pursue Christ. We need to have a relationship with Christ. The Word of God. And there's wisdom and there's knowledge. For whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has anointed you to do, is in Christ. Am I making sense? All the wisdom of God is in Christ. And you have Christ and you are in Christ. Therefore you have what you need in Christ to do what God has called you to do. We don't have to go get it. We don't have to, in a sense, receive it. We need to get a revelation of it, yes. But we have Christ. And in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I live, I live by the faith of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we have a revelation and we let Christ, the one, live our life, we have wisdom to do and be what God has called us and anointed us to do. Am I making sense? We need a fresh revelation of this. For some of us, this is the first time we're seeing it from this angle, from this perception. And I'm speaking this, but I need a fresh revelation of this, that Everything I need to do as a pastor, everything I need to do as a husband, everything I need to do as a brother in Christ, everything I need to do in my purpose, I have it in Christ. I have wisdom. It's a principal thing, and I need to pursue it. I need to get understanding. See, the parable of the seller all four soils heard the Word of God, but only the good soil heard it and understood it. We need to hear the Word of God, and we need to understand it. Because in Christ is all wisdom and knowledge. (coughs) And in Christ we have the mind of Christ. We know all things. If you. (coughs) Excuse me. But if you study the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is written by King Solomon, who asked God for wisdom. in the book of Proverbs, Solomon will spend the, the entire book, 31 chapters, on talking about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. He'll spend the whole book teaching on those three topics. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Our education systems today are teach knowledge. Now I, tell you, I know they teach some other things, too. I'm not focused on that. But they teach knowledge. They're designed to teach knowledge. And a person, if you read the book of Proverbs, a a, a person of understanding will seek knowledge. We need knowledge. We need knowledge. We need understanding. But we need the wisdom how to use that knowledge. We need the understanding how to use that knowledge. But we need the wisdom how to use that knowledge. Give me a couple of Proverbs. Real quick. Proverbs 15. 14. Because the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but not the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. I want to read another one real quick. Proverbs 18, 15. I'm going to try to speed it up just a little bit so I get this on here. But the heart of the prudent requires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. If we are wise, we're going to seek after knowledge. We're going to seek after understanding. See, a a person of understanding, let me put it this way. A person of understanding realizes, I don't know it all. There's more to learn. Anytime you think that you know it all, you don't know yet. The, The more you know, the more there is to learn. The more you study the Word of God, the more you have a relation with the Word of God on any subject, righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, redemption, among other things. The more you want to learn more about the love of God, the nature of God, the person of God, who we are in Christ. The more you begin to know it, the more that you begin to understand it, the more you, you know there's more to know. We will spend all eternity getting to know our God and know Him more. Wisdom Now, we're talking about, I'm talking interchangeably about wisdom and knowledge, I mean, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. But our focus right now is on wisdom. And let me just make this point. Wisdom is the ability to use the knowledge that you have in a productive way. I want to say that again. Wisdom is the ability to, to use the knowledge or the facts that you have in a productive way. Let me say that one more time. Wisdom is the ability to use the knowledge or facts that we have in a productive way. And the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom how to use the knowledge that you have in a productive way. We need knowledge. We need to be in the Word. We were even talking last night. We need to memorize the Word. We need to study the Word. We need to have a relationship with the Word. And through that process, we're going to get knowledge. And through that process of knowledge, we're going to get understanding. But the Holy Spirit will also connect the docs to the knowledge and understanding we're learning and so we can use it in a productive way. Does that make sense? We need knowledge. But we need the wisdom of how to use the knowledge. And we need the wisdom to understand, sometimes, the knowledge that we're learning. Does that make sense? Sometimes we, we understand, we get it, we get it, but we don't get it. Sometimes we don't get it at all. We need the Holy Spirit to unlock the keys, to unlock the understanding, so we understand it. But we don't want to just know it and understand it. That's a starting point. We You can't have wisdom without knowledge, and you can't have wisdom without understanding. You need knowledge and understanding. But we need the wisdom of God so we can... Uh, Be productive with the knowledge that we have. Praise God for who we are in Christ. But I need that knowledge. I need to know the wisdom of how to to use the knowledge of who I am in Christ in a productive way. I need to know wisdom on healing and be able to use that knowledge to be the walking divine health and to lay hands on the sick in a productive way. I need the, the, the knowledge of God to be a good pastor, be a good husband. I need to know that knowledge and understanding, but I need the wisdom of God by the Holy Spirit to use that in a productive way. We are the children of life. We are the salt of the earth, and we, are the region, or we have a commission to reach the world. But we need the knowledge of the Word of God, understanding and the wisdom of God to reach this generation in a productive way. You know Am I making sense, church? We live this life... We are not. It's not. We're not boasting in our accomplishments. We're boasting in the knowledge of God, in the understanding of God, and the wisdom of God. <clears throat> we're not smart enough. We're like sheep. <laughs> we need the wisdom of God, but we should not be like the world. We are the head of not the toe. We we are, can be full of wisdom because we have Christ. Christ has all wisdom. We are in Him, and in Him we have all wisdom. We have the wisdom, in, we have wisdom in Christ. We are in Christ, and Christ is wisdom. I know I'm being repetitive, but that's on purpose. We have in Christ the mind of Christ, and like Solomon, Christ has the wi- has the wisdom to do what God has called us and anointed us to do. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time with the Word of God. And you will receive counsel from your Father. From your Counselor, the Holy Spirit. From Jesus. We have supernatural favor. We have supernatural understanding. We have supernatural information that the world does not have. Church, our lives should not be normal. We should not be living like the world. The information we have, the knowledge we have, the wisdom we have is not normal. It's supernatural. It's from God. It's in Christ. Am I making sense this morning? We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We lie and trust on God, Jesus, His Word, the Holy Spirit. We're not boasting in us, but He has become our wisdom. And in Him we have wisdom. Knowledge is not good enough. You need wisdom. You need to use the knowledge He has given you in productively. And you only have that, but have a relationship with God, His Word, and the Holy Spirit. You can know all about it. You can know it forwards and backwards. You can memorize it. But we and we need to understand it, and we need the wisdom, but we need to begin to step out and use what God has given us. We need to, we need to get to a point where we understand the Word of God, the knowledge of God, and understand the Word of God, where we eventually step out of the boat and walk on the water and use what we have. Faith changes everything. It's a law. And it will work every single time. When we will trust and when we put a faith in who we are, when we get wisdom from God of how to handle situations, how to do situations, and the wisdom we get may not not make sense in the natural because it's supernatural. Walking on the water doesn't make sense. Walking around the wall seven times and on seven days shouting doesn't make sense for warfare. Doing different things, we have stories and stories uh, of things that don't make sense because they're supernatural, they're not natural. But in Christ, there's hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We need to have a relationship with God. The life that we live, we don't live... are crucified with Christ. We live in Christ who is our wisdom, who has become our wisdom. And we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. And when we begin to live that way, when we begin to have a relationship and it's not just knowledge to puff us up because knowledge puffs up. But we need wisdom to use that knowledge in a way that productive way and what God has called us and anointed us to do as husbands and wives as, as parents, as As the children of God, as the people of God, in this generation, in this society, in this era, and in this age, God has anointed us and called us for a purpose, and we have the wisdom of God to do that. That makes sense. Righteousness. Christ has been made unto us righteousness. I'm not going to spend exhaustive time on this week today because I'm starting next week. I'm going to be teaching on righteousness for the next few weeks. But go with me to my favorite verse, Second Corinthians five twenty-one. Second Corinthians five twenty-one. It says, and we'll be reading this next week and, and, and more context to so this. For he made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become. The righteousness of God. In who? In Christ. We're talking about in Christ realities. Okay? That we might become. Jesus became a righteousness. But we're born again. We're born of God. We are of God. We are born of God. And that word become, if you study out in the the Greek, it means, where we get the word gene, it means to be born of. We are born of the righteousness of God. We are we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer we who live, but it's Christ who lives in us, and He has become our righteousness. Righteousness isn't that you say this word out. It's not a verb; it's a noun. It's talking about your position. It's talking about your right standing with God. You are in right relationship with God, not because of what you did. You didn't do it, so you can't boast in yourself. And he became our sin. He became our sin and crucified that sin. You are now righteous in the sight of God, because of what Jesus did. And as we put, we don't put our faith in what we did, we, by His grace He took our sin, and by His grace He gave us His righteousness. We put our faith in what Jesus did, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <coughs> I'm going to spend time on this in the next few weeks, because righteousness is the foundation of His throne. Righteousness is the elementary teachings All scripture is powerful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training, and righteousness. That the man of God might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We have been given the ministry of righteousness. The ministration of the Spirit. We'll we'll read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We have been given a new ministry. The ministry of righteousness. Go with me real quick to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, 8. It says, For we were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We are no longer children of darkness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, let me say this. There's something I've overlooked here. You know, righteousness is who we are in Christ. We are right standing with God. Who you are. Changes what you do. What you do doesn't change who you are. We are the righteousness of God. Therefore, because we are righteous, we live righteously. That makes sense? Because we are justified, same, same Greek word. We live justly. We live like who we are. We don't live like the devil, because we're not of the devil, we're of God. We don't live in darkness. We don't live in wickedness. We don't live live in darkness. Why? Because we're not in darkness. We're of the light. We're righteous. That's who we are. So behave like you are. But you can't behave like you are from the outside in. You have to behave like you are from the inside out. You change the root. You change the nature. You change the seed. You change the DNA. You will change the behavior. You change the root. you'll change the fruit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty four, 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not. It doesn't say sin not to become righteous. No, awake to your righteousness. Awake. Become, realize who you are and sin not. We're not supposed to sin. God did not give us a license of sin, but the grace of God will teach us to deny Him God. We don't live in sin because we're not of sin. We were born in sin. We were born in Adam. But now we have been reborn, born again in Christ. You're either in Christ or you're in Adam. You can't be both. We are not in Adam anymore. We are crucified with Christ who became our sin. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are born righteous. Righteous, justified in the sight of God because of Christ. Jesus has become our righteousness. And we are the righteous God in Him. We're not boasting in our righteousness. We're not boasting in our self-righteousness. We are boasting in the fact, we're putting our faith in the fact that we have been born into the righteousness of God. We are the righteous God in Him. We, we, can't, we, can't, we can't eliminate our last phrase. We, without him, we are not righteous. But we are righteous in him. And it also says we are the righteous of God. It doesn't just say you are. It doesn't just say I am. We are the righteous of God in him. Your brother, your sister, who maybe has offended you, is just as righteous as you are. If they are in Christ. That's a huge message, but we need to we need to see it that way. You can't I love your brother. You can't forgive your brother until you understand your righteousness. If you can't forgive somebody, you don't understand the righteousness of God. I'm not saying that to offend you. But I'm telling that, awake to righteousness and sin not. hope I'm making sense. Romans chapter six verse thirteen. Need to hurry up here a little bit. I got two more points I gotta bring out. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. We need to yield ourselves unto God. As those who are alive from the dead. We were dead in, without Christ. We were dead in sin and darkness. But we are alive in Christ Jesus. We've been resurrected with Christ. It says in Romans, He was raised. Our justification. And we need now to yield our members as instruments of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing before God. And a primary, righteousness primarily affects how we relate to God. When you understand righteousness, it will affect how you relate to God. See, when Adam sinned, God didn't hide from man, man hid from Adam. We're going to study, I got several scriptures from. We'll, 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 we'll do extensive studies during next week on righteousness. Okay? So I don't mean to leave you in suspense on that, but I want to move on to the next two points, and, and then if I get time, I'll, I'll spend a little more time on here, but I don't know the way it's going. So Christ has, become, has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and then sanctification. Go me real quick to First Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll start with verse 23. Now may the God of peace, peace Himself, sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For He who calls you is faithful, and who also will do it. We're not boasting on ourselves. Because we're not doing this. He is. Christ is, he who's called us, is faithful to sanctify us. Our spirit, we are spirit, soul, and body. And when we became born again, our spirit became completely sanctified when we were born again. Our, and we're going to look at all three of these real quick here. Your spirit became. I want to first start with the spirit. Your spirit became sanctified when you believe. Go with me real quick to Hebrews chapter ten. Hebrews ten. We'll start verse ten. It says, "By, by that will, sorry, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all." Skip down to verse fourteen for me. And for my one offering. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Skip down, uh, go with me uh, back to Second Thessalonians. Because the time we're going just a little faster here. But Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. By the Lord, because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief and the truth. I don't have time to give this a full teaching this morning, but your spirit became completely sanctified when you became born again. Can I, can I get an amen on that? We be, God chose you to be to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. See, our belief is not in ourselves. Our belief, our faith, is in the truth. We're not both, we didn't sanctify ourselves. We are believing the truth that he sanctified us. By his blood. By the by the blood of Jesus. And the verse that we just read in, in Hebrews chapter 10, in the context of Hebrews 8 chapter 8 and also chapter 10, he's talking about the new covenant. Where he has, uh, we have a new covenant with God. He doesn't remember our, our unrighteousness no more. And the new covenant says, by his blood. He, you know, he has, I'm paraphrasing all this, but He has taken our, our sin as far as the east winds from the west. He has sanctified us. He has purified us. And our, in, in other words, let me just say this. Your spirit can't get any more sanctified than when you became born again. Your spirit is 100% born again. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Your spirit, your spirit, soul, and body, we're going to talk about the soul, and body real quick here. But your spirit is 100% born again. It's set apart for the work of Jesus. It's set apart to him. But your soul, your spirit is sanctified. But your soul is, is sanctified through the word of God. Go real quickly. John 17, 17. Jesus is praying. And he says, Lord, sanctify them by your truth, for your word is truth. Uh, the word of God is sanctifying us. Our soul. What's our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. Okay? We learned this in our spirit, soul, and body class. We have it online. Also, Andrew has a book and teaching on spirit, soul, and body. That's what we're studying right now on Saturday nights in Pasadena. But your spirit is sanctified, but your soul, your mind, will, and emotions still need some work. And why is that? Why is that? See, but let me just say this. The rest of the Christian life is bringing the soul and the body under the control of your born-again spirit through the renewing of your mind. In other words, let me just say it this way. You will never come to a place where your mind is completely renewed. You must continue to renew it every day. And why is that? Why do we need to renew our mind all the time? Why is it, not, is it completely renewed? Because in this world, while you're in this world, until Jesus comes again, information is being fed to your mind all the time. Even just natural things. I'm not talking about always darkness, but there are wicked things. I mean, you just listen to the news. You just listen to things that are going on in media. But information is being fed to your mind your will and your emotions all the time all the time. even your flesh is speaking to yourself okay information is being your five senses, what you hear, what you feel is being fed to your emotions and your mind all the time. If you don't constantly renew your mind in the Word of God, something else will take over. that makes sense? If you don't constantly have a relationship with the Word of God, something else will take over. We, we've seen this even at Christmas time. We love Christmas time. But sometimes in, in times like this, this time, or sometimes vacation time in the summer, are the two primary times where I see this happening, it happens other times also when people... Uh, but when people get a change of schedule, a change of routine... People, it's a time for family, it's a time for fun and, and, and entertainment and different kinds. It's a busy season, but it's it's good. But it, and I love Christmas time. Don't get me wrong. But we sometimes get out of our routine, and when we get out of our routine, we change our diet. We change our diet in the Word of God. We change our diet. We sometimes we don't see people as much in fellowship and whatnot. I'm not picking on anybody, and you know things happen. But when you change your diet. Stuff is still being fed to your mind and your emotions. Life still goes on. And when you change your diet, we see people struggling more in those seasons in different ways. And, and they, they they just feel a little more dry, they feel a little more disconnected. And it's not just being in the Word of God, but it's also being fed, being in fellowship. Not picking it not not making it a, a, a bad thing. But how do we fix that? We get back into relationship with God. We get back into renewing our mind. We get back into his presence. We get back into fellowship. And a lot of that will fix most of the problems right there. Am I making sense with that? We need to have a relationship with God. We need to have a relationship with the body of Christ. We, we, uh, we need to renew our mind in different ways. And, uh, and it's not just uh, at church, and it's not just in, in a fellowship, but we need to have our own relationship with God. And sometimes that suffers in busy times and whatnot. And I'm not just picking on Christmas because I love Christmas. But at the same point in time, I, the most important thing that you can ever guard is your relationship with God. That makes sense? And if you don't renew your mind constantly, daily, throughout the day, something else will take over your mind. Your spirit can be perfect, it can be pure, it can be clean, but your soul needs work. We need to guard our heart and mind with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. If we don't guard our mind, the opportunity for sin, opportunity for offense can enter into your mind mean, any time. That makes sense. And in our body, we, we pretty much know what the body is, but let me just go here real quick in First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4 says this. We'll pick it up in verse 3. For this is the will of God, your, sanctific- <coughs> your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. We need to know how to possess our vessels, our bodies, in sanctification and honor. No, it's going to be hard to do that if you don't have a relationship with God, relationship with His Word, and and good fellowship, where you even have that accountability. you 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 get isolated from the Word of God, you get isolated from the body of Christ, it's going to be harder to, to uh, possess your vessel of sanctification. Does that make sense? And so, but we need to learn that. We need to, we need to know how to. We need the wisdom of that to know how to. Don't, tr- don't rely on your flesh. Your flesh is not strong enough. You need what's in your spirit, in your born-again spirit. You need to renew your mind so you can help know how to possess your body. Don't, don't rely on your flesh. Your flesh is not smart enough. Your, your flesh is not strong enough. That's a fool's errand. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says in Galatians 5.16. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust. It's not, it doesn't say walk, walk in the flesh. No walk, You don't control the flesh by the flesh. It doesn't work, folks. That's a fool's errand. The only way you can control your flesh, your body, it's a walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you sow to the flesh of the flesh, you will reap corruption. It says in uh, Galatians chapter 6, I think, verse 8. <clears throat> but if you sow to the Spirit of the Spirit, you will reap everlasting life. We need to have a good diet of renewing our minds so we can not only be whole in our mind and our soul, but we, in our motion, but also possess our, our vessels and sanctification. Okay? Let me just say it this way. Righteousness has a lot to do with how we relate to God. But sanctification primarily has to do with our ministry to the world. If we are not sanctified in our spirit, soul, and body, then we are not going to have a hard time ministering to the world. Does that make sense? If you want to minister to your family as husbands and wives and parents, if you want to minister to your spouse, if you want to minister to uh, one another, then you need to <coughs> learn how to be sanctified in your spirit, soul, and body. The best thing I can do for my wife is have a relationship with God and be sanctified in my mind. Best thing I can do. And so, uh, I need to know who I am. I need, I, need, I need His righteousness, I need His wisdom, but I also need His sanctification. Christ has become to you wisdom uh, righteousness and sanctification your sanctification is not yourself, it's in Christ you need to have a relationship with Christ if you're going to keep your vessel, it's not going to be by yourself, it's going to be because you have a relationship with God, we're talking about the body right now but we need your spirit needs to be born again and you also need to uh, be renewing your mind constantly in the word of God so you can do this, because the life that you live, you don't live in the flesh, you live it by Christ, the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Am I making sense? If you don't have a good root system, if you don't have a good, uh, see the, the early church, they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, which is covenant, and then uh, 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 prayer. They had, They were steadfast in those things. We need to be steadfast in those things. So uh, let's with the last one. Christ has been made unto us redemption. Go to Ephesians one seven, real quick. Ephesians chapter one verse seven. It says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace." I love that verse. We have redemption through His blood. I posted that thing on Facebook this week. Troxians 1, 14. It says it this way. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Almost the same wording. But we have redemption where? In Him. In His blood. We can't put It's not based on our accomplishments. It's based on Him. Well, what's redemption? Redemption. We are purchased. We have been paid for. We have been redeemed by His blood. God has purchased you. He has bought you. He paid the price through His own blood. You have been redeemed uh, by Him and for Him. We we are redeemed from the power of sin. And we are redeemed from the penalty of sin because of Jesus. We have been purchased. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Okay, because you are under grace and not the law. You've been redeemed. You have an eternal redemption in Christ by his blood. Go ahead be that Hebrews chapter 9. We're just about done. Hebrews chapter 9. Pick it up, verse 12. But now with the blood of goats and cows. But with his own blood, he entered to the most holy place once for all, having attained eternal redemption. If your redemption is eternal. Nothing this earth can touch. It's eternal. Go, skip down, down to verse 15. It says, And for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of, of eternal inheritance. Your redemption. Includes an eternal inheritance. That is found. In Christ Jesus. We are deemed for and if we study this all out. I don't have time to do that this morning. But we have been redeemed for his presence. We've been redeemed for his purpose. And we've been for his promise. Of an eternal inheritance. Galatians 3. and goes with me. With Galatians 3. Sorry for going on a little fast this morning. Verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us. He's not going to. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written curses in everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Where? In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. What? Through faith. We are, not, we are not redeemed by our own accomplishments. But we are redeemed by putting our faith in the Spirit. There's a lot here. Again, I know I'm going fast. But we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Because why? Jesus became our curse for us. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon us in Christ Jesus. We have been redeemed. So that the blessings, the promises of God, all that we read this several weeks ago in this series, but all the promises of God are yes in Him, amen in Him, to the glory of God through us or by us. We are all the promises. We have an eternal redemption. And in that eternal redemption, we have an eternal inheritance that all of the blessings of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promises of the Spirit by faith. It's not by your performance, it's by your faith and His grace. Jesus has become your wisdom, the, the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. He's become your righteousness. He's become your sanctification. You can be sanctified in your spirit, your soul, and your body. He has become your redemption, that all the blessings of Abraham can be upon you. Church, we have a great inheritance. We have a great salvation in Christ Jesus who has become these things for us. It was making sense. I don't know about you, but it gets me excited. We are already blessed in Christ. We have the Spirit. We are blessed. Okay? In other words, we've been redeemed. In other words, we have been bought. We've been purchased. We've been paid for. We've been forgiven. We've been chosen. We've been accepted. We've been blessed. We've been healed. We've been predestined to the seed. We are more than conquerors to him. We are victorious. We are overcomers. We are strong. We are favored. We are partakers of the divine nature. We are children of God. We are complete in him. We are holy. We are citizens in heaven. We are anointed. We have a great inheritance. We have a great identity in Christ Jesus, we've been talking for the last 10 weeks, actually the last 11 weeks, we had a Christmas message in the middle of all that, but the last 10, 11 weeks, we haven't talked about who we are in Christ, there's over 300 scriptures talking about who we are in Christ, I listed just a few of those in summary, in closing, but we haven't brought into a relationship with God, a relationship with God that includes wisdom. Righteousness, justification, or sanctification, and also um, redemption. We have been brought into a relationship with God so that we can walk into our divine purpose in life. We didn't get everything just so we can go to heaven. I'm not taking that away. It's going to be blissful, it's going to be for eternity, it's going to be the best thing that ever happened. But at the same point in time, we have a divine purpose and destiny in this life, on this planet, in this earth. We will get a new heaven, and we will get a new earth. But while we're here, we are to be occupied until He comes. We have a purpose. We need to become established in our identity. We need to become equipped in His Word. We need to become empowered to fulfill our destiny. Christ has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We have in Him the, the, the mind of Christ. We have His mind. We have His nature. We have His ability. We are created for His purpose. We are to do what He is called to do because of who He has made us to be in Christ. Am I making sense as we conclude this? It's been a nice journey. It's been an awesome message. And we're going to get into it next week. but about being established in His righteousness. I just read it, basically our mission statement. But our purpose, everything we do good, our teachings, our Bible studies, everything we do, our, our Bible classes are free online. It's to help you become established in your identity, equipped in His Word, and empowered to fulfill your destiny, whatever that looks like. And so we just thank you. We thank you for each of you those of you who watch us online faithfully, those of you who come and attend with us and, and everything we do. But we're here to bless you. We're here to minister to you. We're here to help you fulfill your purpose in life by giving you first of all and foremost by being established in your identity in Christ. And in that process, you're being equipped in his word. And in that process, you are actually being empowered to fulfill your destiny when you know who you are in Christ that he has become your wisdom your righteousness your sanctification and your redemption you are complete in him Lord we thank you we worship you we magnify you well, we just thank you we thank you we thank you for who we really are in Christ Jesus our Lord thank you Lord for such a great salvation help us give us the wisdom to not only know it and understand it but to use it for your glory and for your honor in this hour, in this generation. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a good day. See you tonight at 6 o'clock. Blessings on you.